Are you a parent in business that wants to learn digital marketing the right way? So you've got an amazing business and you want to shout it from the rooftops. You want everyone to know about it and you want to generate consistent revenue. You love the idea of your business working for you whilst you are busy making memories with your family. The one thing stopping you is digital marketing. From SEO to blogging, from creating your own digital courses to creating podcasts that parents will love. My Bumped Baby has the solution. We have launched our Digital Marketing Academy and it is designed for parent-focused business owners to grow and scale their business with ease. Our academy can be accessed from anywhere on any device, which means as a busy parent in business, you can learn on the go with our bite-sized straight-to-the-point videos. Join us today by visiting the link below and have seven-day free trial on us to see if the area is right for you. Click the link under this podcast to start benefiting today and access our training right away. We look forward to seeing you in there and teaching you everything you need to know about digital marketing for parent-focused businesses. Did you know that My Bump to Baby began as a blog that I started during maternity leave? Now, My Bump to Baby is one of the UK's leading pregnancy to preschool platforms. I'm Carla Lett and I am the founder of My Bumped Baby and I am so excited to now be able to offer training on how to blog successfully online. You may well be a mum and you are dreading returning to work after maternity leave or you might want to just work flexibly around your family. You could even be a business and you want to learn how to leverage your blog for ultimate success. Whatever you are looking for when it comes to blogging, I can help. You can join my blogging email list where you'll get loads of freebies, checklists and everything you can think of when it comes to blogging. You can join my blogging mailing list via www.mybump2baby.com forward slash blog subscribe. You can also access the link under this podcast. Hello and welcome to my Bump to Baby Expert podcast, where we bring experts from all over the UK to answer your questions on everything pregnancy to preschool. Today, I am joined by the positive parent coach, Olivia Edwards. And today on this episode, we are discussing potty training. Hello, everybody, and welcome to My Bumped Babies Expert Podcast. Today, I am joined by the lovely Olivia Edwards from The Positive Parent Coach. So hello, Olivia. How are you? Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you oh, for having me. It's lovely to have you on here. Honestly, I, I could 
ask you a million questions today about parenting in a positive way. Uh, parenting in general is such a challenge because especially if you've, you know, I say if you've not done it before, but even a second time, third time, every child is different, aren't they? So all has to be done in a, a bit of a different way. So, so can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about how you became the positive parent coach? Yeah, definitely. So um, I have three children of my own. Um, a one-year-old, a three-year-old, and a five-year-old. Oh wow! Um, so it's a busy house. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I completely get it when parents come to me not knowing how to navigate things. You know, that, like you just said, the differences in individual children, but then also how the family dynamic might change if you've got other children coming into um, the family or, or partners or anything like that. So for me, when I was pregnant with my first child, um, I was working in the psychology service for my um, local authority. And I, I love that. I've always been very interested in psychology and education, but I knew how important the early years especially were. And I had quite an emotional job in that I was working with looked after children. And I felt a bit conflicted in wanting to spend loads of time with my baby when I could and that whole having to return to work and the anxiety around maternity leaving and do you go part-time and all of those things I was you know constantly thinking about and in the end I just decided not to go back which <laughs> was a bit scary but I just threw myself into right I've got to make this work for me so started my own business and initially I was coaching mums and using all of my knowledge that I'd learned to coach them um, and it just so happened that a lot of what they were coming to me with were parenting challenges that yeah. I was then also experiencing so I totally got that so it kind of just um it just happened and it just evolved as uh being a parent coach and the reason I used positive parenting is because all my background's in psychology and I loved positive psychology because it's very strengths-based so it works in terms of using the strengths of the family as a whole um, and I just liked that it was about the connection as a family and that's how I wanted to parent my children so um then I obviously went and had two more children two okay. two in the pandemic one at the start one at the end <laughs> oh wow oh my goodness not yeah. much tv on around then <laughs> no no <laughs> I don't know where I found the time to be honest. <laughs> um but then obviously that just expanded my own personal experience of, of parenting and like you said knowing now okay I got this figured out for one child but now this other child's really different and he was a boy um and I think being a pandemic baby has impacted on his personality so having to adjust to all of those things whilst also having my own personality being quite ambitious and wanting to do things for me and not lose myself in in mum and, and recognizing things for me as a person too and, and all of that has then helped to shape my coaching practice and um I feel really fortunate now knowing that I can do something that I love and it's really flexible around my children and having wow. that as well what age what ages can you help because obviously today we're going to talk all about potty training so that's why we're on the podcast but also I imagine you help you know quite a wide wide range of ages yeah huge so again initially it was more about the earlier years so birth to seven um because that's what I really enjoyed if I'm totally honest yes <laughs> I've got my degree in psychology and then I'm also an earlier specialist so a lot of my training was for that age range as well I had worked with other um, children and older children especially neurodivergent um, children and families and then as my business has gone on for longer and now I've started to have people who maybe worked with me when their children were five or six who are now nine or ten um, it's just expanded into older children too so I worked with a family this morning who've got a 10 year old and a 12 year old um, so really any age up until adulthood but what 
really I do is work with the parents. So I wouldn't come in and do um, like a session with the child. Um, that would be someone else if you wanted someone else to do that. What what I'm doing is really supporting the parent with understanding how they feel and strategies for them and looking at the family as a whole from that perspective and giving them the tools rather than working directly with the child. That's brilliant. That's really good. So today we're going to talk all about potty training. Um, so Olivia, how do you know when your child is ready to start potty training? Is there any signs? Yeah, very key question. And I would say, you know, probably the number one question if you're thinking about potty training, because we can feel under pressure. And I've been in that situation, you know, as a parent where maybe your child's about to start preschool or they're moving up a room and even the staff are saying to you, well, you know, were they out of nappies? Um, and you can get yourself a bit freaked out by it. Um, but, you know, stats wise, the average time for children to be potty trained is to start potty training is between 21 and 36 months. So don't be worried by age. Look for the signs, um, because if your child isn't ready, you're almost going to set both of you up to fail and it can become very stressful. And that's not what you want. So key signs of readiness would be things like your child showing an interest in the toilet. You know, when you're using it or if you've got a potty in the house, you know, you might have older siblings that have used one um, or you might have been really proactive and you've gone out and got one. Um, if they are napping in the day and generally they're quite dry, you know, for that nap, then that would be a sign that, um, you know, physically, biologically, they could be ready. If they are showing signs of independence, you know, if they want to or they're trying to take their own clothes off or put them on. Um, and then if they have verbally or um, tell you in other methods of communication that either they've been, you know, they've done a wee or a poo in, in their nappy or in their pants or they need to go you know they're starting to make that connection between something that's happening and then telling you about it as opposed to you know a really young child that wouldn't be that bothered by the fact that they've done a wee or a poo and they're happy they're quite happy to carry on playing um, and then the final thing would be if your child's showing signs where you think oh I wonder if they need to do a wee or a poo because they're getting fidgety or you know um they might go and hide behind a sofa, you know, that, that shows they're starting to be a bit more aware of their body's about to do something. So those signs of readiness, if you can look out for them, start to indicate that maybe your child is showing those signs of being ready. So you can put more strategies in place just to encourage that. That's brilliant. And is there anything, because I've got little Olivia at home, she's one years old. Is there anything that I should, I know she's far too early at the moment, but is there anything I could be doing to encourage that kind of talk if you know what I mean around yeah, toilet. definitely um and it's really interesting for me because as I said having three with my oldest I felt really under pressure to have her potty train and, and she was um she's a September baby so she's really old for her year but I just felt that pressure so I made a lot of mistakes with her that I then learned um when I was potty training my son and we we did that just before Christmas so he turned three in December and a year before that, we started doing things to support him. And as a result of that, my youngest, who was only just um, 10, 11 months when we first started um, introducing the potty to my son, she at 16 months could tell me that she needed to go and wow. sit on the potty and, and use it. And that was never intentional. No. <laughs> it just happened because she it became normal to her. So, yes, there are things you can do. So things like just normalizing using the toilet. So letting your children see you use the toilet um, and help you, you know, pass you toilet paper, flush the toilet for you, get them used to, you know, using a the toilet, then washing hands. So it doesn't feel like this chore where you're nagging them. It's just, it's just normal behaviour. Um, helping them to 
understand their own body so if you're changing them saying oh you've done away and and let's get you clean so they're starting to hear the words even though at one they they probably won't be able to um really comprehend that action but again drip feeding it so it becomes normal so you're not having to cram all this learning into a short space of time um any books where it talks about um potty training or toilets or if they're watching tv and there's characters you could just draw attention to it it doesn't have to be this big learning thing but again just to normalize it so that then if they do start to show you signs so if olivia starts to show you those signs you know in the next kind of year you can just be really aware oh, okay she, she's got an understanding of that already it just supports you in that um stepping stone of learning so it doesn't feel so stressful because you don't think oh you know we've got six months to post we need to do it now which a lot of parents can find themselves in that situation and then it does get very stressful I think as well as a group of friends as well, sometimes if you've got children around the same age or you go to a baby group together, people can be talking and you can think, oh my goodness, I'm nowhere near that. Oops. And then all of a sudden this pressure comes and um, it's important not to not to let that happen really, isn't it? Definitely. And, you know, girls tend to be quicker at potty training than boys as a general rule. Um, but also children who potty start potty training earlier actually take longer to successfully be potty trained and I found this with my children so I started potty training my oldest um when she was uh two two years nine months and it took her over a year I would say to really for me to know consistently I didn't need to take like changes of outfits out and things whereas with my son he started properly the process I would say just before he turned three and he nailed it in a couple of months um, to the point where he only turned three in December. He started preschool this month and he doesn't have accidents when he's there. Oh, and I don't wow. know. Um, and it, again, it highlights just how different they are. And so you really can't compare what's going on for you with other people because you just don't know. What's important is the way it's done is relaxed and it's stress free because what you don't want is for them to have these negative associations with toileting or for it to become so stressful that they withhold you know going and then that can cause other biological and medical problems further down the line yeah I know exactly what you mean I actually started with my son he's six now um nearly seven and I started with him too early and then we almost did it all tried to do it and then we went backwards and it just took longer like you said so there's no real rush is there no Um, and the other thing is quite often children will be potty trained in the day and and they're not potty trained at night for another two or three years so again don't worry if your child's got it in the day to suddenly think right they need to now be dry at night um you know and lots of children actually start school and they're still in pull-ups at night so if that's not impacting on their day-to-day learning and, and their well-being don't worry about that um just let them go through one change at a time and you can get to that when the time's right for you that's great so so for someone starting potty training then should they be using a reward system yeah this is a question I get asked quite a lot um and it kind of depends on your child to be honest so there's a lot of uh science and research around reward systems as to why they can and can't work as a general rule if I'm coaching a family I tend to try and avoid them just because in the long term, they can be problematic for most children. The reason that is, is because if you use a reward system, so whether that's, um, you know, you get stickers or you get this big toy at the end of it or uh, sweets or chocolate buttons people can use. um, What that tends to do is if there was already internal motivation for the child to go. So what I mean by that is they just had this desire to want to do something, you know, whether that's potty training or behavior or anything. 
if you then bring in an external reward so one of those things i talked about a toy sticker a sweet mm -hmm. that can override the internal motivation which can become problematic because you're almost saying to them oh that internal motivation wasn't good enough let me help you with that by giving you this external thing um and in the long term that can mean that their internal motivation for things just gets overridden so they become out of touch with it so the responsibility is then placed on you oh to help them do things i need to provide an external reward but then their brain gets used to that reward because of their um reinforcement system in their mind and you have to keep upping upping the reward because it suddenly becomes oh that's not enough now i don't want one chocolate bar i want two okay <laughs> um I, i'm not bothered about those stickers now i want these um so you can get into that habit quite quickly of thinking oh you know i need to now provide something bigger and something better and something more exciting and then you're at a point where does that end yeah <laughs> then they just get bored if you're not then upping it then they think oh well that's the motivation gone so you don't want to find yourself in that situation um and you don't want to inhibit that internal motivation because it can be quite difficult then to to get that back and that's really what you want to work towards the internal motivator of them thinking I just want to do this you know whether that's because I, I want to not be in um, nappies anymore or I want to learn how to go on the toilet um that is the best driver in terms of moving forward however that being said if you've got a child um who responds very well to rewards or perhaps they're neurodivergent in some way that can be slightly different and with potty training if it's going to be a very black and white short-term um, motivator, it can work in those times. I, I really wouldn't advocate for it as a long-term strategy, but if you know it's going to be a short-term thing or if they're showing loads of signs of being ready, but they're not motivated internally, you can use that as a way to grab their attention to help motivate them. And then they will receive positive reinforcement from the reward of, oh, look, I'm doing it. And you can use tools and strategies to then override that with the internal motivation that makes sense yeah so, so what would you do if your little one doesn't want to do a poo in the potty or on the toilet once you start potty training yeah again this is really common and that children would get quite familiar and quite used to wanting to do ways on the toilet or potty but then when it came came to a poo they'd either ask to have their nappy put back on or um you know they they would just withhold it and then you can get into a whole other cycle of, of them not wanting to poo and it kind of makes sense when you think about it in terms of when children do a poo, it's a different sensation to when you do a wee. And for a lot of them, it can be a bit scary. If you've got a nappy on or something, you don't really feel yourself having a poo and it leaving the body because it's kind of right there in the nappy. And someone else then just deals with that really quickly. When you don't have a nappy on or you're not wearing pants or anything and you're sitting on a potty or a toilet and you do a poo, there's kind of this feeling of, oh, something's left my body. Um, and that can freak a lot of children out. Um, they, they're getting used to a different feeling of, of having a poo as opposed to having it in their nappy. Um, and your response as well can sometimes feed into that. So when I'm working with parents, I say it can be really tempting to say things like, oh, that stinks. Or that's a huge one. Or, you know, these things <laughs> yeah. um, without meaning to. But for some children that can make them feel embarrassed or it can make them feel a bit under pressure especially around poos we tend to not really comment on wheeze but the poo thing tends to be a bit of a talking point or you know tell so and so how big that poo was you know? <laughs> yeah yeah um but it can freak some kids out some kids love it and you know great go with that but for other children it can make them feel a bit like oh i've done something wrong and so they then withhold that so it's really common for them to not want to go on the potty 
so to help them with that I think one just take the pressure off and don't see it as being a big deal if they've kind of nailed the whole wing on the potty in the toilet but they're struggling with the poos um and then you can support them by making it normal so um if you can show them you on the toilet again some people find this really uncomfortable but that's where you kind of need to release that stigma get them to flush yours you know you want to normalize it as much as you can and then just gently encourage them so you can do that through giving them a sense of control so i always recommend with parents are going to start potty training that the child picks the potty ideally or if they can't that the child would pick a space for the potty to go in and have a sense of ownership over that space so this worked really well for my children where we would maybe have some spare pants set up and some toilet paper and some wipes and they could just sort themselves out um and for my son in particular he really found it hard with the pooing side of things but he needed to do it by himself um he didn't really want us there and i think that's that element of you know whether there was a bit of um embarrassment attached to that or he didn't know how it was going to go he'd rather take himself off do it and then he'd come in and go I've done it I've done it and then we'd all have to look at it yeah yeah (laughs) um so of course every child's different but it's more important that they feel relaxed if you're at a stage where they really don't want to poo at all on the potty or toilet and you know perhaps they're asking for you to put their nappy back on Personally, I would do that because I think it's better that they are able to just poo in a comfortable way than they're then withholding it. Because as I said before, you're then in that danger of, you know, that could then affect them and become a medical issue. You know, they still need to be able to get it out. So don't make a big deal out of it. Okay, you know, I I can see you want your nappy back on. That's fine. Here you go. And there's your nappy. And again, when you're then cleaning them, say they've done a poo in their nappy, let's go and put this in the toilet. If you can put the poo from the nappy in the toilet let them flush the toilet, wash the hands, just that same cycle as if they'd done it on the toilet. Again, you're normalizing it, not making a big deal out of it. Um, Really keeping going with that positive exposure, giving them as much control and involvement in as possible. So it doesn't feel really overwhelming or or scary for them. That's brilliant advice. Um, So how would you respond, which I can imagine a lot of people would respond negatively if your child has had an accident or regresses because if they've if you think they've got it and then all of a sudden they don't it's so easy to be like oh for goodness sake you know so what would you do in that scenario it is really frustrating like you said especially if you feel like you've cracked it and then they suddenly start having accidents um and I've experienced this again particularly with my daughter because she just did find it harder to to potty train um I think going to it with this realistic expectation that there are going to be accidents and just because it seems like they've gone a few months and they've not had any doesn't mean they never will um also if your child's feeling run down poorly or you've got other transitions coming up particularly big ones you know a new sibling moving house starting school or changing a room setting or you or your co-parents structures changing jobs routines and things um it's highly likely you're going to get some aggressions because that goes hand in hand with transitions even if it's been a year since your child's been voice trained so being realistic about that so that if it happens you don't feel a bit you know blindsided or it's come out of nowhere um really preparing too because if we don't feel prepared for an accident that can make us Um, respond more out of frustration as well and that can come across in in how we're talking to them so having those spare clothes or having something on hand um, so we can deal with it really easily and calmly without it kind of triggering us Um, really trying to stay calm as much as inside we're probably wanting to go why have you weed you know to we on the toilet you know to tell me why haven't you told me and because there could be so many reasons it's happened you know they just forgot they're distracted they didn't get there in time you know whatever it is 
it's not going to make them feel better in that moment if we're then you know filling them with, with shame or guilt or anything like that not because we mean to we're just responding out of our emotions and our frustration so recognizing it is frustrating for us but trying not to show that with our child and, and staying calm and you know saying things like oh I, th- I think you might have done a wee that's okay let's clean you up and, and next time we'll try and get it in the toilet um and then it's done you know you don't need to relive that also talk to other parents who are potty training because this I would be really shocked if no parent had ever experienced this before um so show yourself it's normal by chatting to them get yourself involved in parenting groups where people are real they don't just show you like the highlight mm-hmm. the highlight reel of their lives um so you can really understand oh, okay this is a thing that happens you know there's nothing wrong with my child they're not regressing because they've got a problem um Although if it is something that starts to happen in a recurring situation, you could take them to the GP, you know, it could be a UTI or anything like that. So if your gut's telling you that, I would check that out. But nine times out of 10, it's just a normal part of development and learning and your kid's very distracted. You know, that's the problem with my daughter. She gets very engrossed in play. And if the choices go to the toilet or carry on playing, she wants to carry on playing. (laughs) it's, It's supporting her with that rather than making her feel bad for that. But they're definitely things I've had to learn along the way and I get that it is very frustrating as a parent when that happens oh yeah definitely I I do you know I when it happened with George I probably didn't respond the best way so it's so easy to do so you shouldn't feel bad but take tips from Olivia on the positive parenting side of things because you're really on social media she's absolutely brilliant she calmed me down a few times so you are (laughs) you are really great so so have you got any top tips for parents who finish potty training like what they wish they knew before if you know what I mean so anyone starting would have a few yeah, extra so, tips. Um, I ran a workshop um, last month in my membership on potty training so I've had a few parents who've now kind of started over Christmas because they were at home and, and come out of the side and I think the main things they said were the first three days in particular were, were hard um, which makes sense because you're basically reintroducing this habit out of nowhere for your child. You know, we would find it really difficult if someone just suddenly changed where the toilet was located in our house, you know, because we're on this automatic response of, oh, we need a wee, we go, oh, no, wait, it's not there anymore. <laughs> that would be a bit bizarre to us. So, you know, of course, for a child where we're now saying, oh, no, we're not going to do wees and nappies anymore or pull ups, we're going to go and sit here. They're like, what? Um, so that takes time to be. Um, to create that habit for it to become automatic. So those first three days really are all about showing this is what we're going to try and do from now on. And I'm going to try and support you with that. So having that realistic expectation is going to be key. If you can get through those first three days calmly, you've done exceptionally well. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I had some parents who did the workshop and who I've also worked with one-to-one on on my program and they said you know by the end of the third day, they were just thinking this is the hardest thing I've ever done. (laughs) How Mm. can we do this? But once you've got through those three days, congratulate yourself, celebrate that when you've done three days, even if it's been three days of loads of accidents, because what normally happens is that fourth and fifth day become this turning point. So and if they're not a turning point, I would reflect on that. Maybe your child's not ready um, or the timing's not right, or maybe there's just a disconnect in language that's being used or how it's being communicated. But if you can get past those three days, the fourth and fifth day usually provide these light bulb moments um so try not to give up even when it's really hard I'd also say um some people like pull-ups and they go from nappies to pull-ups but in my experience that can be quite confusing for children I've had my son actually said to me but I don't need to go on the potty because I've got a pull-up on I'm just weighing that yeah (laughs) "Yeah, that is true um so that can sometimes send a confusing message so of course every child's different but just 
don't feel like if you're going out nappies you have to go straight into pull-ups and then pants I would try pants first or if you can even better factor in a time to just let them be naked from the waist down maybe while you're in the house for a bit so they can get used to the habit of oh I need to go let's sit on the potty without faffing around taking things off and stuff other things are recognizing that the way you feel as a parent is completely valid you know the frustration that I don't want to do this anymore the why are we why are we doing this can we not just have any nappies forever <laughs> yes <laughs> um, because it feels easier in the moment but allowing those feelings to come out um not with your child but with your partner or friends or those groups I spoke about which is another great reason to find groups like that so you can vent and have that validation and support so it's been released and then you can focus on right okay I've had my little moment now let's keep moving forward with the plan um because if you're not doing that it's more likely that that's going to come out at a stressful period when your t- your child's just weed on the floor or whatever and they're going to get the brunt of that and that's not what you're intending it's just there hasn't been another release um and the other thing about every child really is different and just because you've potty trained one child or maybe you've worked with children in a setting where you've helped them to potty train um it doesn't mean that the next child is is going to follow suit and be exactly the same you have to look at that individual child what motivates them what are they interested in where are they at in terms of their understanding um and really preparing for that so having that preparation is key so if you are going to go out of the house think about it do you want a travel potty I would highly recommend getting one of those you know they're like a little lunchbox so many mm-hmm. people say to me, oh is that a lunchbox I'm like, <laughs> no definitely not <laughs> <laughs> you've got that to whip out um you know having spare change clothes and things you can get stuff like you know if you're going to go in the car and you're worried about them having an accident in the car seat um what we've done before is we've put like a plastic bag down and then like a puppy training pad on top mm-hmm. and then putting the child in the seat so it's still comfortable for them but they're not getting the mixed message of a nappy against their skin because that can just be really confusing for their brain um so things like that and then it just means that if they do wean their car seat you haven't then got that added stress of now we've got to you know somehow yeah. stuff off the car seat and wash it yeah um, it just feels um less stressed if you can have those spare clothes and and other things in place um would you say that it makes sense on those first three days to stay in your house would they be three days that you'd try and just stay in rather than going anywhere because that is something that terrifies me is the thought of going out when you're first potty training because you know there's going to be accidents don't you yeah and especially if you've got other children so if you've got other children you can't just give you know the child or potty training direct one-to-one if they have an accident when you're out and about the time it takes for you to support them with that for changing you know what's happening to your other child in this time and and that is something that many parents think about and it can add to the stress so if you have this window of time where you can potty train because you're going to be at home and there's more of a stable routine I would recommend that um which is why lots of people did it over Christmas not that the routine was necessarily stable but people were at home then so you can set yourselves up for success rather than failure you know ideally give them three to five days of just being in the house completely nude from the waist down because Mm. that's a lot easier for them to be able to just sit on the potty or access it you know and if they do then wet themselves you haven't got layers of clothes that then need to be taken off put in the wash etc then start going out with them but take all the things you need to be organized and go on a short trip and straight back Mm. the other thing we haven't talked about which I would also like to highlight in terms of making it um stress-free is resisting the temptation to say the whole time do you need a wee do you want to go for a wee now we need to go for a wee let's go to the toilet (laughs) um because we're panicking thinking they must need to wee they've not weed for three hours (laughs) yeah yeah can add a lot of stress to children so um one of the things the families I work with um recently did 
is they tried to attach it to a routine so before they left the house everyone went to the toilet come on let's all go we're gonna go to the toilet um and i've done this with my children we call it a just in case we i don't need to go for a wee that's fine i'm going for my just in case wee will you come with me so we just make it a thing rather than um constantly saying you need to go to the toilet you need to go to the toilet it's just attached on as part of the routine and if they wee they wee and if they don't they don't um and that that's how it is you know i wouldn't ever make them but giving them an opportunity to go to the toilet or use the potty without you know breathing down their neck the whole time so if someone was doing that to us we'd be a bit like this is intense can you leave me alone i don't need yeah to- <laughs> no i don't need a way yeah i know exactly <laughs> what you mean it can be frustrating for both of you definitely there, there is another thing question as well i was thinking is should you ever stop them you know kind of start this three-day thing (laughs) we would love it to be just a three-day thing but start that um and then put them back in nappies to go out of the house or once the nappy's gone is that the idea it's fully gone because it's like if you had to go for a school run say I was Mm -hmm. sleep training Olivia sleep training potty training Olivia and I had to go and collect George from school in that first day couple of days should you be putting a nappy on or not I would recommend trying not to because I think it can give a really confusing message um so if you can do other things like put a little puppy training pad um in the uh, push chair if you've got her in a push chair just to help you feel better as well you're less stressed um and then once you get back in if you take George to the toilet too while you're taking um Olivia's it's like oh we're back in from school now let's go try for a week before we get into playing Again, so it just feels more part of the routine rather than you need to go to the toilet now. The thing is, if we put them back into nappies, it's not really clear cut then. It's not very black and white. It's confusing because they're thinking, well, you told me that we're now wearing pants and now all of a sudden you put them in a nappy. And really we're doing it for our need. Yeah. <laughs> our need, yeah. So can't be doing with the hassle of it. Not for their need of learning. So again, if you're thinking about it, I would just say to yourself, what's my intention like why do I want to do it is it to meet my need or is it to meet their need and if it's to meet yours try and find a different way around it so it's not more confusing in the long term that's brilliant so Olivia you've been amazing honestly I feel like I've, I've got so much knowledge now but can you tell people where they can find you and also your membership area as well if that's okay yeah definitely um I'm really glad you've got loads of value <laughs> you know you can <laughs> no, great um so you can find me online so on uh, my website www.thepositiveparentcoach.co.uk and if you go on my website on my main homepage, if you scroll down there's all the details of my membership so in my membership I have um I think it's like over 30 now workshops and masterclasses that you get instant access to there's scripts in there there's a mini series on there of top positive parenting tips there's recipe ideas activities to do with your children and loads of the workshops are things like the potty training fussy eating starting school introducing siblings but then there's also things for parents whether that's support with self-care traumatic births um things like if you're experiencing parental overwhelm or if you and your co-parent are just struggling to get on the same page so there's so much in there um and you can join and leave anytime you're never tied into anything because I think as parents you need to have that flexibility um so as soon as you sign up you get instant access and then you cancel whenever you want so you can join through that or I'm also on Facebook and Instagram again at the Positive Parent Coach UK and I have a free online community you can find if you um 
go on my website or if you you search me on social media which is what I said about finding those communities where people are really real you know they share real life you can ask anything on there and you know you're going to get support um you're not going to get that judgment or or shame so finding those is going to be really key that's great brilliant and we'll put all the links to that below this podcast so you can easily click through to them so thank you so much olivia it's been so lovely having you on and i hope to have you on again soon yeah please do it's been an absolute pleasure and i could talk about not necessarily foster training very <laughs> <laughs> relating for as long as there'll you be so many things i could ask you honestly so definitely have you on again soon thank you so much thank you so much carla take care everyone bye Thank you for listening to today's My Bumped Baby Expert podcast. If there is a subject you would like more information about, please send your requests in to info at mybumptobaby.com. If you are liking what you're viewing, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you can see more of our videos and more of our updates. Wondering what's on in your local area? Come and join our weekly newsletter where we share the classes and groups that are on in your local area. From pregnancy to preschool, we have you covered. Click the link below this podcast to receive your newsletter each week, every Sunday, so you know what's on and you can plan your week ahead.